0: Good evening, everyone, or morning, whichever way you are hearing this broadcast. This is the count. One, two, three. Did your kids, your kids probably didn't watch Sesame Street, right?
1: Um, not so much. They, they were just a little bit past that. It was still on, I think it's probably, is it still on? It's probably still on.
0: Well, it probably still is, but when when Kelly was little... You know, there wasn't internet, there wasn't anything, so that was... And it hadn't gone far left yet, so...
1: Yeah, no, not so much. They that watched. was
0: that was there. Mr. Rogers was there. But they didn't... Yeah, that's a thing. Now, I'm from Pittsburgh, but Mr. Rogers, I never really got. You know, the, the little kids seem to really like Mr. Rogers, but I never really got it. And I gave hom- homage to him because he was from Pittsburgh and he's such a big presence there, even to this day, but um, anyway.
1: Annette watched
0: it. She did? Sesame Street? Yep. Sunny day.
1: She liked Elmo. 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 I watched Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo was my hero.
0: (laughs) Of course, Mr. Green Jeans was uh, Somebody, your sister.
1: I loved, I loved
0: Captain Kangaroo and the Dancing Bear. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: and Mr. Kind of Ro- funny. I'm
0: sorry, but Mr. Rogers was just boring. <laughs> well, I thought it was too, but then you see, somehow he had an immense following, and you'd see these little kids that maybe it touched a glitch of kids that were kind of uh, unsettled or something. I don't know.
1: I remember Noah used to always want to watch um, Willy Wonka and the Tro- Chocolate Factory. Yeah, the original one, and that movie just gave me the creeps. <laughs> I mean, I just when it was on, I just and I, I know it was so fun for the kids, but there was just something about it. There was just a darkness about it, or something that was just weird to yeah. me.
0: <laughs> well, all those people sleeping in the same bed. Charlie
1: is <laughs> They're all laying around, all yeah. in bed
0: eating candy bars. Yeah. <laughs> of course, now, I heard that here in town, in Dallas, there was this guy named Icky Twerp.
1: Yeah.
0: And he wore this teeny little cowboy hat on the top of his head. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Of course, though, in the morning before I took Kelly to school... When she was in kindergarten and first, second grade, I would get her up and we would either sit or lay on the sofa together and watch um, Bozo and the Three Stooges. Bozo from Chicago would um, would have, uh, he, he would, at that time, he'd show some Three Stooges things, which I thought was really bringing culture into my child because... I wanted her to, to enjoy that. But um, that was that was our ritual. And I'm sorry to say we didn't really do anything spiritual. We did pray on the way to school, but that was before I became and, uh
1: Vicki says she watched Romper
0: Room. <laughs> oh, Romper Room, yeah. And
1: Captain Kangaroo. That's because you're my twin, girl.
0: I watched Romper Room and Captain Kangaroo. Look at that. Romper Room. Yeah, I watched that too. There was that nice lady that was the host. I forget her name.
1: I didn't watch Romper Room. I don't know why. I couldn't even tell you what it was about, other than
0: <laughs> <laughs> Romper Room. Oh goodness. Well, it's good to be able to. Uh, it's good to be able to join with you today. I'm sure that none of your five folds could have predicted that we were going to begin this broadcast with the count and discussions of romper room, Mister Rogers, Sesame Street, Captain Kangaroo. What was his song? Da 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 Wasn't that it? And of course, who could forget? What's this one? ba pa pa Thanks, Davy.
1: Oh, I love Davy and Goliath.
0: Yeah, I watched Davy and Goliath. Oh, my goodness. The Lutherans put that together. And all those claymation figures, and he had that that rocket ship would take off at the beginning. They did all kinds of stuff. That was really, of course.
1: (whistles) Lassie! (laughs) I remember one time I think Noah must have been like in second grade, and this was not the norm for him. But I went into his room to make sure he was awake to start getting ready for school, and he was laying in his bed. And he he was watching Joyce Meyer, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I walked in. I'm like, "What are you watching?" He said, "I'm watching Joyce Meyer."
0: <laughs> oh my lord! He
1: was like seven or eight.
0: That's what I would put on at night to go to sleep if I needed to. No,
1: she was she's a good tea I mean, she's a good Bible teacher. But I thought, well, I guess there's worse things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh.
1: Um, but I also too remember that because of the the era that my kids grew up in was when we first got radically changed and Lord forbid you don't even take your kids in half price bookstore. I mean, it there, they're blindfolded. Yeah, there's there were so many radical beliefs um, because we were just like so far on one end of, of <laughs> <laughs> learning about the spirit realm, I should say. <laughs> but that was when my kids were little, so there was all those Disney shows like Dragon Tales and That's So Raven, and and those ones that dealt with things that were just on the edge. And so all their friends were watching these little sitcoms, and I wouldn't let my kids watch them. And to this day, they still remind me that they could not watch Dragon Tales. And, you know, I'm just like, sorry. I mean, yeah, I,
0: they, I can tell they've been both greatly deprived. I know,
1: I know, that. but that's something that they they still just remember. Remember, Mom wouldn't let us watch this, or she wouldn't let us watch that.
0: Well, remember when we, when we launched out of here and took that, Massive group to uh, to Uganda, and we did all those activations around London. And that was at the time that Harry Potter was just coming out, and it was everywhere. Oh yeah. And we we went up in the Eye of London, and then we went on this we went on one of their little boats. I forget where we were going, and all of those little kids dressed in red came onto that boat. Yeah. And we were making declarations you know not obviously because the Bobby sort of arrested us we were making declarations over the the youth and the and the young mm-hmm. people of england
1: and once we were there and we saw those little children dressed like witches
0: that was in paris in paris dear god we went to the, we were riding on the metro and this whole slew of little ones maybe what 20 25 i'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating right they all had these big black hats on and i thought jesus what what is what is society doing?
1: No, I my kids were in private schools and they were in Christian schools. And they had a Halloween parade every year. So I just gave both of them the option. Took them you, Yeah, we're you not gonna go to school today. Until they got old enough to choose for themselves and I yeah. felt like they were making a, and they never once wanted to go to school on that day. But then Noah did come home one day and said that his gym teacher had them running around the gym on brooms because Harry Potter was like at the top of the oh, reading list at my Christian boy. school. You would be surprised how many Christians are so much into that whole Harry Potter and what was the whole Twilight, the whole vampire thing. Um, and I guess they just think it's okay.
0: Well, remember before this Baptist church down the street from us went south in the way of the Six-colored flag. The Methodist? No, the Baptist Church.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Lakeside or whatever.
0: They were were teaching in their Sunday school classes, Harry Potter. They were teaching supposedly godly principles from Harry Potter. And I remember Channel 8, the ABC affiliate, went and did a big thing about how great that was. And you could see where it led them. Jeez. So I'm... um, I'm amazed by by all of it, which makes it interesting now, like having little ones, and I know many in our audience have little ones. You will someday soon. Of course, you kind of do, because the twins hang on you. But the, the issue for me is having, and it's a good thing, because see, when I was a kid, of course, we didn't have a lot of demonic things, but we had protests and, you know, the Beatles and rock music coming along and so all of that was sinful and uh, long hair was sinful you know all these different things but now you know we we were just told back then you can't do this and there was never any discussion as to why so now I have these discussions with the twins about okay I know other kids in your class are doing this but why is this wrong? what what does god have instead and so it's kind of good i know i know all the saints have these types of discussions now with their kids but you can't take them out of the world you've got to be the light in the world and you've got to be mm-hmm. the representative government of god in the world mm-hmm. and um but but see i think that's why from our perspective i just can't tolerate um I can't tolerate the twisting of the truth. I can't tolerate it in Christian circles. There's just something in me that just gets rankled. And you know that. You've heard me wax off on that. (sighs) Well, this, this has been like the old days of chitting and chatting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know one of the, the most popular PBS shows that I know both my kids just absolutely loved, um, Arthur. Oh. Yeah, so now their teacher is like yeah, a professed um, homosexual who's married, who got married, I think maybe on the show, I'm not sure, to a man. And you say that, you know, the whole question of Why? I remember growing up, and maybe it was this way with you, but it sure was in my house. That question, why, was just constant. You know, why? Why can't we do this? Why? Why? And the more we said why, the more my mother would just (laughs) get frustrated and upset with us. Like, the more you say why, the more it's making me say no. (laughs) So, like, why became the, you know, and, and then, you know, you'd get the patent answer because I said so. And and granted that I mean, if God says so, we say okay. But thankfully, He's given us this book of truth and the Spirit of Truth to guide us. And 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 I'm sure as His kids, we we it 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 really I mean, He wants us to pursue the why. He wants us to pursue that. It's that's the whole principle of apologetics. Why do you believe what you believe? Listen, guys, as we head into <laughs> the darkness in the gross darkness we better know why we believe what we believe especially with what's happening with all this progressive spirituality and christianity and um, it's just it's it's rampant yeah so and, and there's
0: a lot of half god said out there where what we say from the word people contest they say you're not interpreting it right or they'll say well that's really not literal
1: or it's not literal yeah
0: or it's uh, or they'll just totally make something up and say it enough that when you actually look at the scripture you say that's not in there and or um, you know they'll they'll have these alternative books and the writings of the church fathers and they'll grab some wacko thing out of that and I don't know I mean it's just we really have to know the word and pray that not just know the word that that our people will will I almost said something I shouldn't have said we'll we'll buck it up and, and stick with what the word says and not be gullible and easily drawn away
1: yeah not be easily influenced I was reading I'm reading this this Book on apologetics by Ravi Zacharias and um, he's, he begins in, in the beginning talking about just being influ- you know how just different ways that, that Christians have been influenced just through the ages and he told this story about and forgive me because I don't remember his name the guy that played I think he played the Joker in the Batman movie that ended up committing suicide
0: oh Heath Ledger?
1: Heath Ledger and, and he tells this long story about how Heath Ledger struggled after he made that movie because he got so much into that character and the evil demeanor of that character that when the, the, the movie, when they were finished filming the movie, he struggled like for the next number of months trying to get out of the character and, and never really succeeded. And, and, and would make comments and talk to people about how he, it just overtook him. Hmm. The darkness just overtook him and he, he didn't have, I guess, the spirit, the spirit in him or the Lord or the guidance or whatever to be able to overcome that and ended up, um, I don't remember what happened, if he overdosed or if he, I just remember we were in Nice when he died, but um, what a tragedy. You yeah. Know, what it, so you, the whole premise of him talking about this in this book was about be careful what you see, because movies, the way that these movie makers are so tapped in to the dark realm and they're so tapped into the spirit realm, that he started off talking about that Inception movie, and it was just really a brilliant analogy about how that whole Inception movie about going into dreams and visions and things like that, how they can tap into that, but then you go and you sit under that and and. We just have to be really careful, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. So, what a crazy
0: i I'm glad you're you're reading that book. Because I I respect him. You know, I've told this story about when my niece, Jessica, was married. Her, Her husband now is a nephew of Robbie Zacharias. So, at the wedding, you know, the rehearsal thing and all this stuff, I was with him because I he was doing, he was doing. It was funny because you had kind of like a family power struggle, (laughs) because Jessica and Joan wanted me to do the ceremony, and Matthew and his crew wanted Ravi to do the uh, the ceremony. And I said, "Listen, this man is so well known." I said, "I just would really prefer to just be here," and I meant that. And so I said, "Let him do the ceremony, and I can pronounce a blessing over you and so that was okay so anyway, he comes, and his wife is just a normal American, kind of a grandmother, real nice, but it you, you wouldn't you when you see him in that environment, you wouldn't imagine that he's this icon of apologetics and you know he's just a very kind and gracious guy, and you know we're. It's funny because our discussions together were really kind of weird because he's he's in a different in a different zone than we are. I, I know you all know that, but he had just been did something with Charles Swindoll here, and he was going up to to do something somewhere else, and and he said, "Where's your next travel?" <laughs> I said. Well, we have a network function in, in, uh, in France, and so, uh, and so he starts asking me, do you know this guy over there? And I said, no, no, we, we're kind of in a niche of people that God brings to us. We're kind of hidden, and we talked about the word. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I, I really admire what God's doing in you because not many people would be willing to do that it's not it's not it's not prominently displayed it doesn't do anything for your ego and he said as much as christian people like to say they don't have an ego they really do by the way you see them function mm-hmm. and he said i really don't i go where i'm invited and so i don't try to press to be anywhere and and he said that's obviously what you do too and i really appreciated that he's a very nice man and You know, like when we recently, like a year ago, when there was all of this discussion about deconstructing and all these Mm -hmm. other things Mm -hmm. uh, and the roar thing and all that stuff, that's where I, and you know this, that's where I went to hear them describe the hidden intricacies of what is embedded in that type of teaching. And it's just straight, and they don't make any qualms about it. They embed All truth is truth, Buddhism, Hinduism, Taoism, whatever, and they just grab it. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, it's just, it's just wickedness. So i bless that. But the, the point, though, is, is that it was really funny to have that interlude there because here's two strange vessels brought together in this time frame what we represent as a saints network which he his whole structure is not in that because mm-hmm. they're not in the spirit languages and all that stuff mm-hmm. but we we respect and honor his devotion to the scriptures right. and so in some ways that's another army that the lord has brought
1: well it should be a tool for us yeah really because yeah I mean, it's, it, to me, it's a safe place to go, and, and I've yet, I, I've, I listened to his podcast from time to time, and then there's a, a woman that I think I told you about that actually used to be like a contemporary Christian singer, and, and she ended up being drawn, she and her husband, to a church that where she just seemed like she just felt like she just completely fit in. I mean, raised Christian and all that with Christian parents. They ended up in this church, and she had this great respect for her pastor. And her pastor invited her to this, like, exclusive, deep, deep study that they were going to do, like, a six-week study for their leaders. And she accepted the invitation to go. And she said the first time, the first session that they had, he just came out with this progressive christianity and started speaking things that were so contrary to what she knew truth was just from her upbringing mm. and it, it i mean it lit all these alarms because she was deceived i mean she stepped into this church felt like she belonged had gotten into the worship and and everything and then when she really got to know what the leadership really believed and what path they were taking it just set off all these alarms and so she pursued um, the teachings of, of Ravi Zacharias because it, it made her realize, I need to know why I believe what I believe. Yeah, And we should all have that passion to know that we don't just believe what we believe. Now, of course, we've been trained by a master um, of, the, of scripture. And so <laughs> if you've been awake for the last 22 years in this pneumaticos pathway, you should know why you believe what you believe because we've been studying the scripture for so many years now in such a deep way. Um, But just the, the, because of the deception and because, you know, feeling a responsibility for this next generation that's coming up where it is so, I mean, that whole movement is so. um,
0: It's alluring.
1: It is. I want to be sure that in whatever voice I am into this next generation, that I can be a voice into them that they trust, that says you need to be careful of this and this and this and this, yeah. and and know the language and be able to um, to know. And you know, recently, I, I, I know I shared this with you, but I, I I I was confronted with just the whole topic of homosexuality in the church. And it, it came to me in, in somewhat of a personal way um, in a conversation with a friend. and And I realized in the midst of that conversation as I drove home that I was not prepared to really have discussion with somebody, scriptural discussion with somebody as to why I believe. You know, I couldn't even just pull a scripture out. I could bring up what I knew about sin and about that, but... I just realized I wasn't prepared for that discussion. And so that's what made me begin to pursue this, plus this whole topic of um, this progressive Christianity, which is just, is really um, heavily influencing the the generations, so.
0: Uh, yeah you know i i two things stirred in my thinking when you were saying that one when i was in high school i i was wanting to pursue law and so i got on this debate the the debate team for the school because that's really was training for that so we would have these recruiters from law firms and from like U.S. Steel that would come in and and talk to the debate team. And um, because the guy that was teaching us was a retired attorney and he was a really nice old man. He was well-known in the city. But they would come and they would talk to us about the principles of debate. And one man, I can't remember his name, but he was the chief legal counsel for United Steel Workers Union, which at that time was it big in the United States. It's not as big now, but it was. And he said, it's not enough to know the torts and to know the laws. You have to not only know them, but you, you have to know how to, to, um, he didn't say manipulate, but you, you, you got to know how to present them. You've, you've got to know how to, 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 make them known because, If you have two attorneys that come or two concerns that come with the law, the one that's going to win is the guy that knows how to give a convincing uh, presentation of the law.
1: It's like politics.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And that really stuck with me. So then he, I wish I had taken notes. I remembered this stuff, but that was 50 years ago. Wow, God, that's a long time. 47 years ago, that makes me feel better. But he was—he gave us two or three tricks, and how to read people. Uh, as to the flaws in their case, that you could even though they were right, in the legal sense, you could see the flaw and you could come through it. We've got to be that way.
1: That's exactly right. We
0: we we can't just know the word because some slick guy, or a woman, with an anointing. And with a backing, it's, you just watch how often people are just, look, look at the serpent in the garden. Mm-hmm. You know, the tree of the knowledge, that's the, that's the first principle, uh, it's a principle of walking in wisdom, one mm-hmm. of the three principles. And it wasn't just not, it was it was to know mm-hmm. and to participate and become familiar with. That's still the pathway of the enemy. He brings somebody or some group that you want to emulate, and you get to know them. You're sitting in the seat of this corner, and pretty soon you become them, and you may not even know it.
1: I know, and the thing that really, the thing that really challenged me, I think, just with this whole issue with just homosexuality in the churches, is, is being able to speak truth while still speaking in love. With that, you know, without being religious or being judgmental, or because people are very—I mean—I think that's a big issue with the church—is—is just the whole principle of coming at them with religion, um, legalism, and things like that. So, truth is truth, and when you speak truth, I just—I just have to trust that the Spirit will be on it and I know that's happened over and over with all of us in different points of dialogue over the course of the years but um, it's just, these are just some hard we're just faced with some hard, not just social issues but scriptural things that we we've gotta know and we, we need that anointing, we need the creativity of the Spirit
0: You know, I remember when I was growing up in um like like I got a I got a job my senior year working for the city I lived in and we were worked on a road crew so I worked there for guys that were on vacation so a couple of days a week I would drive in this asphalt truck out to the refinery with this nice man named Mike and this guy smoked like a chain smoker. The whole cabin was full of smoke. Now I knew that smoking was a sin.
1: But back in that day, everybody, even everybody, the smoked. But, but see,
0: But see, here's the deal. I knew it was wrong, even though we didn't know the health concerns that we know now, we still knew it was wrong. Smokers cough and people would get sick. So I could tolerate what he did I didn't like it. I would not tell him what you're doing is fine. It's great, and I certainly wouldn't say, "Well, you know,
1: you're going to hell." For I them.
0: can do it too. I knew it was wrong, and in the same way, you know, friends of mine, a lot of them Catholic, they go out and get blasted on the weekends. They'd just drink and they'd smoke the wacky weed. Thankfully, they weren't into the, the shoot-up stuff, but. I was with them, but I didn't drink. I knew it was wrong, but I wasn't going to say what you're doing is right. And they knew I felt that way. Mm-hmm. So those two things are damaging to your body. It's not what God wants. But I think today in this issue, we know that's not the way God ordained things to be. If their people are going to do it, that's their choice. But I'm not going to say it's right. And I'm certainly, you know, like I told my girls, look, you're, you you do not smoke you because it will kill you. You don't do it. And they knew, yeah, we're not going to do that from that perspective. I think it's the same kind of thing. There are a lot of things that people do that, you know, you, you just, I, I, but, but in today's culture, We not only have to say what I just said, but we have to say yes. It's right for you to do that. It's your choice. You, and we're saying it's just an alternative lifestyle. Well, it's not an all. It is an alternative lifestyle, but it's not the right lifestyle. It's not God's lifestyle. I'm not going to curse somebody because they're doing it. You know?
1: No, but when you get into a discussion with somebody and they're asking you. Knowing from, from where you come from and what you believe, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about? I, I just want to be prepared.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I, I think what you're doing is right. Uh, but it's just, it's just from the standpoint of how many other things in life do we see people do that we know is hurtful to them, is damaging to them?
1: Oh, I know it. I know. You know it. It just—and I know I've said this before—it comes down to Christians. You know, there's so many Christians in the world that call themselves Christians, but are they Christ-like? And what does it mean to be Christ-like? And 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 furthermore, if you're a Christian. You should be following Christ, and and we know that Christ is not going to lead you into that lifestyle.
0: Yeah.
1: So it, it's just you know the whole term Christian has just become so diluted and just such a I don't know. And and but then again I mean that's why the Lord is uncovering these mysteries and and raising up this this understanding of, of what it means to be holy and saintly and to be a saint and and to become sanctified and purified and the whole understanding of, um, yeah, so the move is on. The truth is, is being revealed. It's just, um, I don't know.
0: Well, you Boy, know, we sure didn't plan this discussion. I could, have, I could have reached out to Mike back when I was in high school and put a Philip Morris poster in my uh, in my front yard. My dad would have burned it down.
1: Did your dad smoke?
0: Oh, heavens no. No, but I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. At, to, just to show him that yeah. as a Christian I was supporting him.
1: Yeah.
0: I could have marched downtown Pittsburgh in a rally to support smokers' rights especially when they started restricting. Remember when that happened? We used oh, yeah. to have smoking sections on the plane when those went away. Smoking sessions in restaurants, those went away. We could have risen up then, you know? But Jesus never did that. Sometimes people say Jesus is a friend of sinners, you know? They said he was a friend of bibbers and harlots. But he didn't go protest for their right to be that way.
1: Mm-mm.
0: See, we, we've gotta look at this candidly. Mm-hmm. How are you going to reach a sinner by saying that something they're doing that is wrong is okay? How is that
1: you can't. a gospel pr-
0: nope. premise? You can't. What did Jesus say to the woman that they were going to stone? Neither do I condemn you.
1: Go and sin Where are no more. We're your
0: accusers. Anyway, you're right. (laughs) We went down a weird pathway. Let's talk about something else. Um, This is a really unique season. And there's a lot of fasting going on. There's a lot of... um, The Father is opening himself in ways that are unprecedented to this point. Due to the fact that it's his timing and due to the fact that you have been faithful um, in the in the past with him, and somehow then you are ready for this. Um, Is a time where there are a lot of dreams. It's a time when there there are a lot of um, intercessory deliberations that are that are that are just different than than what we've known. And uh, I I think that I think that we need to be prepared in that season, in this season. We need to recognize it, and we need to act accordingly. We can't just have business as usual. Um, I think I think also, We've got to be prepared for the feelings that are inside us that are um, indicative of the changes God's working in us and the growth that he is facilitating. We need to recognize the oppositions from our own um, mind and our, our flesh. We we have to recognize how the enemy is trying to bring a daunting factor to us personally, as well as try to put up oppositions to, in the places where God's called us to go. And all of those things, plus the revelation God's giving, which is always it's meat, but you have to you have to invest yourself into chewing it and digesting it. Um, This is a different season than any I can recall because it brings various factors that we've known in the past, but there's a synergy of those factors which creates something different than any atmosphere that we have faced before. So how how would we counsel this great group of saints to maneuver and survive in the midst of this
1: is that a rhetorical question or is that a question that you're
0: asking well well i think i think i'll answer the first one you got to fast and pray because that's what Jesus said at the point of, trans, uh, of transition. You know, um, when, when you've been transformed, at the base of the mountain, he said you've got to press in to the right hand of the Father, and you've got to fast and prosyuke, which means grace and here, And also with that, he taught about saying to the mountain, be removed, and um, your heart is working there too. And again, like we've said, um, the doubt in your heart is has to do with how you're processing the calling. And, you know, it's the Diocrino. So if you come up to that mountain or you come up to that transforming place and you say, I don't know, and you mean it. Sometimes we say things we don't mean and then we need to plead the blood over it. But deep in your heart, um, there's not a question of your fidelity and your devotion. So, So you've got God transforming you, transfiguring you, and you've got the mountain of opposition. So I would say that people need to be fasting. They need to be spending time at the right hand of God. And we, not they we need to be hearing from God. So that's step one, I think. What's step two?
1: Well, I... I uh, for over the course of the last number of years, God has been teaching us about him and and making himself vulnerable and really revealing who he is to us in so many dynamic ways and I know I've said this and I know that you've said this recently as well that for whatever reason this cycle of his ways has been so intense and so um, I mean the, the other two times that we've been through this cycle of his ways it's been instructional and it's been progressive and it's been really amazing but there's such an intensity to where we are and him revealing his his wisdom his spirit of wisdom and revelation to us his spirit of grace and supplication to us and then yesterday or a couple of days ago you mentioned that year of judgment which was unique all on its own and and so I don't know for me I this is I'm learning I, I am ever learning of him and, and I feel like in so many ways I'm on the fast track. But at the same time, it's so intense that it. I know that if I just let go, I, I almost feel like I could just, like, be absorbed into him. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And, it, I mean, honestly, it's like he has given us everything. And, and so fast and pray, yes, be at the right hand. Be... Um, B, allow your spiritual senses, allow the giftings that he's given you, allow the your visionary capacities, all those things that he's taught us and we've activated over the course of the years. Those things are coming online on in ways that we've not known.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a couple of days ago I was reading about, you know, we talk about emulating heaven. And, you know, the whole Tabernacle of David is really what happens in heaven. And we emulate it on the earth and, and we go forth and we establish it upon the earth. And I I was reading about the 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 worshipers in heaven, the seraphim, and with all the eyes and it you know, I realized that they had this incredible vision to see God and to to magnify him and to glorify him and to speak who he is and and that's what we're supposed to be doing. That I mean, just that declaration of who he is welcomes him into our realm in the sovereignty and in and the power for which he is which we step into to partner with to see these things affected upon the earth and there's so many factors that that we could go that we could talk about but i think that you know i i've been so um tapped into I guess sensing those visionary capacities and the capacities within us that really tap into the creative nature of who God is. Because if we don't, it's like, um, what, is a, what is that verse in Isaiah that talks about perfect peace for him whose mind is stayed on God, whose imagination is stayed on God? And yet our imagination is, is like um, submitted to the captivity of Jesus Christ. So we've got our imagination, our mindset, he's refining our mindsets, and we're, we're submitting those to, to to the Lord. And at the same time, he is activating that capacity within us that our imagination that can tap into the creativity and the imagination of God. To be able to see these miracles, to be able to partner with God in things that are so off the charts and outside the box and that's the only way we can do it that's the only way we can bypass the doubt you know what i mean does that make sense and i'm kind of speaking in circles here but i'm just
0: well that's a that's a great verse and um you know perfect peace is just shalom that's it there's no perfect in it it's just
1: but we know what shalom is. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you're right. The mind is the imagination. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. That's that's a battleground right now um, because, you know, dreams and visions, you know, I've been I've been asking the Lord to just refine that capacity in me because, like you said about movies and the like, you know. Um sometimes uh, uh, th- that imagination, and, you know, the imagination comes and it's a channel for fear. Sometimes it's a channel for things we shouldn't be thinking about. And you have to bring those things and submit them to obedience to Christ. But I, I really think that what I'm saying, you brought that up prophetically. I think that this is an area that God is refining in us right now. You mentioned it about, Robbie. Robbie Zacharias's is uh, thing about movies but um we we've got to have that area that creative area refined and um
1: so that our imagination is pure but it can be I mean if God created us in his image and he I mean if he will part if he will part a sea that the enemy can fall into. I mean, these things. We've got to believe for these things. We've got to believe that those mountains can be cast into the sea. We've got to believe. We gotta. We gotta believe outside the box. And and I I feel like so much of of um, and, and I mentioned this just at first Saturday because I felt like the Lord was saying, "You are crucified with me," and that means you're your ideas your motives your mindsets are crucified with me and 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 you lay them in subjection to the obedience of christ so that you can have the mind of christ so that you can truly have that that mindset that imagination that is that That comes only from God. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I mean, it's like that's the bonus. It's like he's refining those things in us so that we can take up our cross and go and follow him and establish dominion. Yeah. And do it in ways that man just cannot dictate. Man cannot even create because just on his own.
0: Yeah, and that's... Uh,
1: I don't know if that's step two. I'm just...
0: <laughs> well, no, I think that's a good step. It's it's because that's the... Really, that's the same broadcast wherein interpretation, prosyuke, tapila, palal, those all come through. Um, that channel of being able to discern and... Process what God's doing. Right next door, in the room that God's taken the lantern of light into, is these envisionings, yeah, uh, dreams, our visions. Do? Yeah, what I see, my father, um, just and
1: that whole echo. I mean, just yeah, just and 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 just <laughs> because there is no doubt like Peter could extend his hand and say, rise up and walk, because he saw that, and he echoed that. And there was there there was no doubt. That there, yeah. But too, Pastor, I mean, I think about, you know, we've studied about the mind of Christ, which is the fivefold, and you recently just taught a, t- taught a refresher, uh, a fresh revelation about that. But then you've got the seven spirits, and you've got the ways, and you've got just the, inter- I, I literally feel like my spirit could step into His spirit just at any given moment. You know, I feel like it is so yeah. real. Well, and, that,
0: that's Enoch. Yeah, and so with ten thousands of His saints right now.
1: All these years, I have graphs. I, I have an understanding of the seven spirits. I've seen them in, re, you know, in 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 different ways in the spirit realm, in the midst of our worship, in the midst of different things. <laughs> He has taught us just over and over about, about his heart, about his personality, about the ways of God. But you think about the way the mind and the ways are overlapping and and how that brings us into the fullness of function in him. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we are. I just feel like it's right there for our taking. It's right there. But we have to fast and we have to be refined and and it's just
0: it's, you know, yeah, it's off the charts. The ways of God are I'm being very generic here, but since they are his person, it's kind of like with him, his goals, what what's important to him? How, how he feels about a thing, how, how he processes how he's going to do something and it's kind of like hearing somebody talk about their passion or what they they eventually want to achieve and um, that's such a personal, that's such a personal thing and it is the spirit I mean that's the deposit in us that deep place. That's what prays in these tongues and diversities of tongues. So we're talking to God, to God, about his mysteries and about what, what it is that he's wanting to fulfill. And then when when the insight comes, it's because God then processes his mind. And I think it's interesting that when he Declared over Adam and Noah, and when he declared in Joel, and he declared in other places, the fivefold, the mind, that's what he said people would have as a covenant for a specific thing, what to do. And um, so there is a cross section there because when God takes the apocalypsis and takes the lid off and says, okay, this is what I'm going to do right now, this scroll has been sealed then his spirit his person is mobilized to do this then and in that cross current then his mind and what we're praying with uh, with the mysterion and guiding us into that truth that's been hidden you got to have both of those strong to be able to function you can't just you can't just be a processor of a Hermeneua. You know, you can't just say, oh yes, I see that. It's easy to do in a pneumocause way. But when you do that, you, you paralyze, not you know paralyze yourself. You you're frozen in that place. So you've got to you've got to do and this is just what you said, you've got to be um, seeking him like Enoch to know his ways. And that's what that's why Moses wanted the ways of God but then he comes from those ways with the tablets. Yeah. He wants the ways of God, but he comes from those ways to the mercy seat where the angels was a planning session, and he's told what to do. You can't just have one. It's, it's lover and warrior, really. It's Peretz, parats. But our Peretz is him. The parats is his mind and how he's going to do a thing if you're not in the gap of his ways you're not going to really be functioning with up to date current mind right and so i think i think that's also enlarging here because yeah, you know this if you even take the fivefold of dreams and visions this is how god's doing a thing i'm so grateful for the dreams god's been giving I, I this is a good time. It's it's stretching so it's uncomfortable.
1: Well it's uncomfortable too because you know, you talk about being in his ways. A lot of our training ground and, and we've talked a lot about the darkness and, and and a lot of our training ground is is being exposed to um in the realm, in the spirit realm where there's contention, where there's, there's warfare, there's darkness, there's, you know, I mean, everything that manifests on the earth, we know transpires first in the spirit realm through intercession, through partnership, through the angelic. And so we're, it's like we're living that warfare, we're living that existence where, Because when you expose yourself, and the Lord protects us, so that's even the more beautiful thing about it. I can't tell you how many times over the course of the last number of weeks that I have, you know, gone back and just quoted about being under his wing, or he protects us from this. He prote- He is our protector, but he also exposes us to teach us and to, to strengthen us to be able to stand. Yeah. So. You know, in a lot of ways, sometimes I feel like I'm wavering in my stand, even though I'm solid, and I know I'm, you know, I know that I'm I'm strong, but because of of the things that, that we're being exposed to, you know, it almost sometimes, like, takes the breath out of you. I mean, it's just, like, knock, tries to knock you over, so I don't even know what I'm saying. I just know that this is definitely... Adonai. and <laughs> I, this is definitely training for for the saints, and and I think that in so many ways, if wisdom is taking light into that darkness and overcoming raw, with Tobe, we're 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 dwelling in the darkness, um, and that light is 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 being um, stoked, I guess, I should say.
0: When you think about that, what we talked about last Wednesday night, about how God formed the light and how that goes into the darkness that he created and he put treasures in there. So you've got the light, which is his spirit, his ways. So that's his ways. But then he also created he makes he made the, the whole discussion of, of evil and peace. And that's his mind. So you've got those two. You've got him forming his light to work with us in the darkness that has been reserved, the, the mm-hmm. deposits of glory. But then you've got the raw that has to be addressed in Shalom. And so you've got those two. Again, it's his ways, obviously, with his light, being specifically crafted. Think about that. Like if if I wanted to share something about what I really feel, which I really don't that often, but I would carefully form it to try to help the person I want to understand it know what it is I'm trying to do. I don't know, I'm not saying this very well. But those yeah. two things are there. It's the mind, which is what he teaches us, what we're to, to declare, how we're to gain dominion and peace, and um, the light and the darkness, which is more about his ways. The darkness is more about his ways, which is why when his spirit was brooding over the darkness, you, you, you can't separate light from darkness. I mean, that, that's, they're, they're made for each other. And that's His ways. That's Him. That was the heart of God for us. And the heart of God for His plan for the earth and for creation, but more for us and Him. That's what those, those ways were about. That's why His spirit brooded on that. And um, anyway, well, we're out of time thanks for joining us today it's uh, like 41 degrees and raining here so it's a real London winter out there yep but we will look forward to um, addressing many of you tomorrow night on Wednesday Night Live and um, just know that we're in this together we're looking forward to the seminar coming up in a month um stay strong. And don't give up. Amen. Thanks. God bless you all. Goodbye.